You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 4, Episode 2. We are three games into the NHL season, and the New York Rangers are a fairly promising 2-1 and one in those games. As we spoke about in our last podcast, a dominant win at home over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then they follow it up with a uh, pretty convincing beatdown of the Minnesota Wild. And then eventually dropping their third game in four nights to the Winnipeg Jets, although not without a fight. So today we're going to break down both their last two road games to the Wild and the Jets. And just talk about the performance of the Rangers, the performance of their individual players, what was looked promising, what looked uh, not so promising, injuries, and more. We're going to cover it all today. My co-host James is indisposed tonight, but that's okay. Uh, I luckily got to, with the, while my hand recovers, I've had nothing but time to sit on my couch and watch Rangers hockey and micromanage and pick apart and obsess over it. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And, I mean, you know, let's just get right to it. Uh, like I said, a pretty convincing beatdown over the Minnesota Wild, who, aside for some goaltending issues they seem to be having early on the season with Marc-Andre Fleury, at least on paper, were penciled to be a strong contender in the West. Uh, they were a pretty impressive last year, one of the most physical teams in the National Hockey League, and they have star power up front with Kirill Kaprizov. Um, they have a lot of promising rookies like Marco Rossi and Matthew Boldy, who I like a goddamn idiot dropped uh i i drafted him in the fantasy league that i'm in and i just overthought it and i dropped him and i i forget who i picked up instead even though i initially drafted him uh and of course he has two beautiful goals and that was that's on me you know he's he's a stud i just thought i could had a chance to pick someone up who i thought would play more promising minutes but this is already fool's hour and i assume this kid's probably going to end up being at the very least their second line uh center probably by the time the season's over so yeah i'm an idiot but I digress. Um, yeah, that game with the on the road against a tough Minnesota Wild team, and the Rangers really brought it to them. I mean, uh, again, it, it, at first it seemed like the challenge for the Rangers would be obviously in their own home opener. They came out like a house of fire, totally dominated Tampa. Now you're going on the road. It's your second game. You're fa- you're facing Minnesota. It was their first game. It was their home opener and their first game of the season. So you just knew they were going to come out like a ho- house of fire. 
but the Rangers did a really good job weathering the storm. Um, and yeah, just, uh, really capitalized on some breakdowns and really did a great job, uh, dissecting the Minnesota defense with some nice uh, cross-crease passes through the slot, which is what this one thing this team does so well. Um, with the, the injury to uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, Alexi Lafreniere eventually gets moved up um, with Panarin and Vincent Trocek, and uh, that line was absolutely phenomenal. It might have been the Rangers' best line that game. Panarin ends uh, with a four-point night with a goal and three assists. Alexi Lafreniere... Uh, has two beautiful assists, um, and then uh, Vincent Trocheck gets his first goal as a Ranger. So, yeah, that they were just basically toying with the opposition. Um, it seems like Vinny Trocheck is still getting acclimated to the way the Rangers play, and that obviously playing his style is much more, uh, probably much more in line with the Carolina Hurricanes. And that his off the puck play is excellent. He does a very good job for checking and making space for his teammates. But in terms of just making those little skill plays, uh, you know, in the offensive zone through in transition, maybe not his strongest suit, but I think he's adjusting nicely. And like I said, he brings an element that I think overall makes that line a much more viable line, uh, especially in the postseason by, like I said, making space for his teammates, going to get pucks out, but also constantly sticking and moving uh, and going right to the net when he has to, but also making himself available for, you know, not just kind of trying to go to the opposite side of the ice and have to Panera either have to rim it around and just kind of play. He gets to the interior, and I think it, it's causing both Lafreniere and Panera to play in the interior more. So I think overall it's a good, he's a good player to drive them into the area of the ice. I think we, you would want to see them in to, so the Rangers can be successful if, um, you know, knock on wood, should they make it to the postseason again this year. So that line was excellent. Capo uh, Caco is that a really strong uh, start. He had a beautiful goal now playing on the top line with uh, Chris Kreider, Mika Zabanajad. Uh, shades of his goal he scored uh, at the Traverse City tournament before his uh, rookie year as a Ranger, where he basically did the around the world. And we've seen him do that going back to the world championships in which he basically just dummy, you know, Finland won, uh, he <laughs> won gold at the world championships. He was their best player. Uh, you know, just to see that Capo Caco that uh, Ranger fans almost feel like they were promised and had just have seen very little of to see how he's playing now with just finally his skating looks you know, about what you would expect for an NHLer, but he's finally flashing the uh, highlight reel skill that we were hoping we were getting with him. So what a promising sign. So like I said, he scores the around the world twice, Traverse City goal, cuts, makes a power move to the net, you know. And the good thing is Kreider and Zibanejad, uh, you know, those two, they're best friends, uh, super supportive of one each other, you know, one another, uh, always hugging on the ice and, you know, and so they immediately pick him up and they give him a big hug. And it looked like Kako was more confused. Cause he got, he, he basically makes a power move to the net kind of gets like cross check knocked over. I think even as sour, a bit of sour grapes, Matt Dumba cross checks him again. When he stands up, Kako's, you know, his uh, helmet's kind of almost over his eyes. He's trying to get his bearings as he stands up, and he's immediately uh, bombarded in a bear hug from Kreider and Zibanejad. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be just fine on that top line. And as it relates to, you know, him and Lafreniere, just having the two kids make their way to the top six, even if Lafreniere has to switch to uh, his off wing, 
um, it looks like it, it's not really, you know, it's, it's going to work. And I think at this point you under, we understand as fans, you know what, it's, even if he has to play on his offside, let him play with Panarin. Um, you know, I think Capo is a possession player more where Lafreniere is a guy who is a little bit quicker, but likes to throw the body so he can get in there and retrieve pucks and things of that nature. Whereas Kako, I think he has to have the puck on his stick more to be effective. But so I think having Kako with uh, Panarin maybe is not such a good idea. But however, Kreider and Zibanejad, I don't wouldn't say they're necessarily possession players. They like to cycle, of course, but they're not like Panarin where they have to keep the puck or want to at least keep the puck on their stick and wait for this time and space. Whereas Kapo can do that. And then that allows uh, Kreider and Zibanejad to get into, you know, really good spots. So, uh, yeah, so far it, it's looked promising in that end. And I mean, uh, you know, maybe not the most stout defensive game for the Rangers, although in fairness, I wouldn't say, you know, Igor was bad by any means. You know, I think it ended up with the final score was like seven to three. Uh, but, you know, I thought the goals were, none of them were really soft. They were more just Rangers failing to clear pucks in front or just letting uh, players from the wild get too close and make second opportunity, you know, second chance uh, plays, especially the Boldy play, you know, letting him pick it up and bring it to his backhand that close to the net. That can't happen because a goaltender can only do so much in that spot. So he wasn't bad, but he, you know, obviously wasn't amazing. But that's the, the thing is they still win that game in a game where Igor Shosturkin was just, just good, but didn't have to be incredible. And again, it's, you know, three games to the season. It's, the Rangers have yet to concede uh 40 shots which is something they did a couple times last year so that's you know that's a promising sign right out of the gate and obviously one of their biggest issues was five on five play right now and uh or excuse me last season five on five play seemed to be their biggest issue as they were one of the bottom teams in the leagues in those metrics but so i mean listen small sample size only been three games but through three games um their possession rates look great their five on five uh offense and possession looks yeah looks pretty good I think it's just slightly above average in the league and you can really see just the confidence there's less thinking involved when they're uh they're defending they've obviously played in Gallant system for a year so yeah I think there's much more understanding of how they're going to break the puck out to each other just the familiarity alone helps especially because I think Gallant is maybe not the biggest X's and O's coach so I don't think he might have as many hard and fast uh escape points on power, you know, or excuse me, on breakouts uh, of their own end. But yeah, I just feel like they're doing a better job being a little bit more aggressive now when uh, in their own end to, you know, close off cycles and cycles and get the puck going the other way. I mean, obviously now having Zach Jones on the back end, although we'll talk about that in a second, to break the puck out for the third pair really helps. Uh, same thing with Keandre Miller using his skating more which is one of his biggest plus assets to get the puck out more. Uh, and yeah, Truba still can make a good first pass. And obviously Fox is Fox. And, you know, Lindgren's is, is uh, been his partner in crime for now, uh, you know, three seasons now. So yeah, it's uh, luckily the familiarity, familiarity, excuse me, is a big word, um, has really helped the Rangers in terms of, like I said, just snuffing out cycles in their own end making breakout passes, uh, just knowing where to find guys in traffic. So I think that's just leading to overall to more offense. It starts at the back end. It just, you, you'd get more pucks up to your forwards. They can get into the zone more with some possession. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, even the, I have to say the fourth line of uh, Reeves, uh, Carpenter and, and Hunt, um, especially with the injuries to uh, Sammy Blay, 
and Vitaly Kravtsov out of the the lineup, it's uh, yeah, they, they at least it looks like they're passing the eye test a bit. I, I don't know so much about the actual stats. Bear that out. I'm sure Ryan Reeves' metrics are probably not so good, but uh, yeah, it just at least it feels like it's within the flow of the game. It seems like they're at least not too much of a net negative for the Rangers, and yeah, they're just able to. Uh, kill you know eat minutes that they have to and just especially being used strategically after shifts by gallant where they don't want to they either need to gain some momentum or just not lose any momentum so uh yeah they're passing the eye test so far um off the top i had mentioned there were some injuries to the new york rangers Uh, sammy blay has yet to play his first game as a new york ranger uh but as you listen to this monday morning he i believe he is expected to make his turn uh, tonight at home versus the Ducks. Like I said, Vitaly Kravtsov is still day-to-day, I believe. Uh, he was wearing a non-contact jersey uh, at practice on Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah, I, in the game versus the Winnipeg Jets, which I'll get to in a second, Ryan Carpenter uh, in a pretty scary accident goes down and takes a, uh, uh, you know, his head, as he hits the the ice, his head kind of lands on the blade of a, uh, a Jets player who was kind of kneeling. So their blade was kind of sticking out, wasn't on the ice. So real scary. They, I saw a picture online. It was pretty nasty. Took a took a nice little uh, chunk of his ear, <laughs> top of his ear off, which and got a big gash in the back behind his ear. Um, so really scary. Hope he's okay. It seems like he'll be okay, but it's going to be some time. I don't know if uh, – I didn't see if Galan had answered one of his – would return, but just especially getting that many stitches on your head, you know, and your ear, you risk infection. Uh, and I think the one area they might have a spare with Blake coming back, you know, they'll have spare bottom sixers at least. So yeah, no reason to rush him back again. That's the scary thing. You don't want to get infected. Um, so yeah, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to wrap up the game versus the Minnesota wild, the Rangers absolutely, they, yeah, they just kept coming and, Again, Flurry uh, seem, really seems to be struggling. I believe he also gave up another, another seven goals uh, in his next game to the LA Kings. So they're gonna have to get that figured out. Although it's not like the Wild were; they were pretty porous defensively too. Uh, I feel like some of, the, especially some of their players, are known for being pretty good defensively, like Joel Eriksson-Eck and um, uh, Jared Spurgeon. But uh, yeah, they were too much letting the Rangers kind of waltz in and, uh, like I said, just uh, make plays in their own end and. Yeah, so uh, pretty convincing win for the Rangers, but like I mentioned, they then had to go and win one in Winnipeg. So you're going from the East Coast, uh, and then you, you know, eat day off, fly to Minnesota in the middle of the country, a little bit of time difference, play a pretty high tempo game in a, against the home opener against the Wild, and then finish that game pretty late, fly <laughs> even further in, into northern, you know, Western Canada, uh, go to Winnipeg. And, uh, yeah, play a game there at the Jets at their home opener. So playing, you know, I, I think before James and I were talking off mic about our expectations and we're like, you know, the Rangers are probably going to, I don't see the Rangers sweeping all three. Maybe, you know, at the very least you're like, you, you hope they would at least try to come away with, uh, you know, three points from the road trip. But, you know, I, you can't really be too upset with, uh, that lost to the Jets. I mean, they looked pretty, they were definitely, you could tell, they just did not have the same jump. They, you know, they were running on fumes, it seemed like. They didn't have the same jump, obviously, that the Jets did, who are kind of looking to pr- come back, re- 
bounce back from a, a bad year with a new coach last year. Um, and yeah, I think the Rangers still, even though they kind of, it, it seemed like the Jets, the first period was pretty much all Jets, as you would expect. But then the Rangers just kind of slowly took over, I thought, for the tail end of the first period. Uh, you know, Jets score, Shifley scores a pretty nice goal on Yaroslav Halak, which I'll get to his performance in a minute. Um, and then the Rangers are basically just pushing for that goal until then, and they finally get it, uh, I believe, towards the tail end of the second period off of a beautiful Panarin feed to Dryden Hunt, who gets, kind of gets moved up, I think. I forget why. I think it was just one of those things where it was either a penalty kill or power play. It kind of cost some of the Rangers players who needed a rest, so they were just doing some, or it was a partial change. I forget why, but Dryden Hunt, who does have some familiarity with Panarin, ends up on that line, uh, and Panarin makes like a, you know, a spinning pass on his backhand almost, and it gets right to uh, Hunt, who beautifully collects it, just is patient, and just puts it top shelf, you know, where Mama hides the cookies on Flurry. So, or excuse me, on Connor Hellbuck, who basically was the only reason I think the Rangers didn't win this game. Uh, he was lights out. He's one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. He's big, and he, obviously he's fresh. And yeah, it's just, uh, it was just one of those games where, he was amazing, and if he wasn't as good as he was, I think the Rangers would have honestly potted a few goals, at least two. The Rangers should have had at least, I felt, two goals uh, in the second period. So, you know, but it is what it is, and there's, as the game went on, they were good to start the third, too, because it was a tie game, but you just see that the fatigue started just getting to them and the mental mistakes that come with it were coming, and, uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunately they allow... Uh, yeah, they allow another goal on the doorstep, I believe, and then uh, they take a penalty, and Winnipeg gets another one on the power play. And it was basically it. I think Truba, when they're trying to get the equalizer, Truba had a really bad. He, you know, put the puck over glass trying to clear it, um, which is just about being out of gas. I saw people online were so pissed about it that he's our captain. He did that, but it was what it was. I mean, that was a team loss. It's not on Jacob Truba. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. As far as Yaroslav Halak goes in his first outing as a New York Ranger at 37 years old, he was good. I mean, the score, final score was three, or excuse me, I think because they had an empty net, it was 4-1, but totally not indicative of his play. He was excellent. He made some great stops. The goals that beat him again, none were soft to my, you know, they were either perfect placement from, you know, power plays where he just can't get over in time or just really good shots and with a little bit of traffic and... He made some really good stops, and he just looks really uh, solid and steady. You know, he looks like he's just a goaltender who's seen a lot. He just plays his percentages, and he's confident in what he's doing. And if he gets beat, so be it. But I thought he was good. You know, there was no 
I never felt myself questioning his body positioning on any of the goals or felt like, why is he over here? Or, you know, if he fails to get to a rebound, it is what it is. You know, that's, uh, he makes, if you make the initial stop, then it's kind of on your players to help you. You know, obviously it's nice if you can recover and get over like Igor can, you know, with those powerful legs of his, but uh, no one expects Yaroslav Halak to be Igor. So you got to help him out. So if, if they score on a second chance opportunity, because that's on the D men who fail to clear the crease or clear near the net, you know? So, uh, but yeah, early returns on Halak are good. Uh, he didn't get to play too much, I believe last year. Um, so he's hoping to get some more games. And if he plays like this, honestly, if you can keep Igor fresh, uh, yeah, I think the Rangers would win more than they would lose if they get that type of performance out of him every time he plays, as long as he stays ready. So yeah, again, uh, it's, I know it's weird to hear <laughs> so much positivity after a loss, but I just, it really just didn't, it felt like a game where if the Rangers played like this and if they had their legs, they would have, uh, they would have won more than they would, they would have won those games more than they would have lost. So I'm with the early returns on how they've, they've looked at least five on five and their play and their effort level and the, how they're defending. Uh, yeah, I'm willing. And especially how they played last year, I'm kind of willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, I'm going to just chalk this up to this. And obviously we'll see how they perform against the ducks at home. Um, ducks lost to the Islanders the other night, pretty bad. I think they lost like seven to one or something like that. So they're going to at least be motivated to score more goals, but Make no mistake, the Rangers are a way better team than the Ducks at home. So you kind of, that's almost kind of becomes a game you have to win, right? Uh, a weaker opponent, even if they have something to prove. And I do think they have some offensive firepower in their lineup. They're just not good defensively, and they're still weak, and they're younger. So you kind of have to win that game. You, you know, I mean, you, you'd hope you don't have a letdown game here. Um, I am... I think for me, I'm very interested to see who plays on the third pairing after, uh, I believe, a defensive breakdown in the game versus the Wild. Zach Jones did not play the next game in Winnipeg. Libor Hayek took his place to play with Schneider on the third pairing. Uh, you know, and he had his... Libor Hayek was Libor Hayek. I know everything everyone in this podcast knows how I feel about Libor Hayek. No offense to the, the person, but as the player, I'm just not a fan of his decision-making, I think it's pretty suspect. And again, I think he showed why he is still uh, on this team in, in that he he's a player that he's got some good NHL skill in terms of his skating and, you know, his ability to, at least when he has a head of steam and confidence, he can move the puck, but it's just, I think, the decision-making uh, decision and the processing speed is not NHL uh level. So yeah, I thought he had a lot of bad breakdowns and things of that nature, but whatever. I think it's one of those things, you know, every NHL coach has their, their player that they have confidence in, despite <laughs> the fan base being like, what does the coach see in this player? Why is he, whatever. So that seems to be Leroy Hayek with this current coaching staff and hell, even, I would say even David Quinn. So, um, it is what it is. Uh, one would hope that Zach Jones would eventually find his way back into the lineup because I ultimately think his upside is clearly much higher with his uh, what he can bring to the second power play unit if he would ever get time there and just his puck moving ability overall and some of the plays you can make in the offensive zone. I, and I think you just have to ride with him and he's gonna he's still gonna have some maybe not so good plays, but I I didn't like Schneider on any of those breakdowns in Minnesota either, so uh, I don't think it's it's 
necessarily fair to pin them all on Zach, but I just think that's an old, that's probably an archaic coaching thing. Well, he's a small guy and he probably failed to out muscle or out box out or whatever, you know, was overwhelmed by the size of another thing, which a player, which I think is a bunch of horse, you know, manure, but it is what it is. Uh, hopefully the coaching staff and the front office realize that Libra hike is, should ultimately uh, I don't even think he's this, but should ultimately be the extra D-man on this team, the seventh D-man. So hopefully Zach gets back up in the lineup soon. Uh, let's see anything else. Well, I guess I'll keep this one pretty short, but before I do wrap it up, I think it'd be fun to go around the league a little bit and just talk about some early season surprises. Again, most teams have only played two games. Uh, some game teams have played two. I think the most some teams have played is four. But, uh, yeah, uh, early surprises for me, I mean, again, I uh, the Islanders have a pretty disappointing home opener loss to the Capitals, but then they kind of bounce back with a dominant win over uh the Ducks, but still don't know really what to make of them. I mean, so I think Sorokin looks good. I've been telling people I think Sorokin has a chance to win the Vezina this year for sure. I expect Shesterkin uh, to come back to earth a little bit. And though it remains to be seen um, if the Islanders have enough offensive punch up front to make it to the postseason, I think at the very least they have a, a much stronger back end, just addition by subtraction of you know, uh, Char and Andy Green finally retiring and replacing with Romanov and I don't know whoever is playing on that bottom pairing for them, but, uh, I don't know, Sebastian Ajo maybe, I don't know, not an Islander fan, but yeah, I think at the very least they should still have a pretty stout defensive, uh, back end and yeah, uh, Sorokin is a, a very good goaltender and I, and I think Ranger fans might, it might hurt to say this, uh, obviously it's until, Players like Vasilevsky and Shesterkin have to be proven otherwise, but I do think Sorokin, at least from a talent perspective, is right up there with those two. You know what I mean? So it's totally not out of the realm of possibility that he could win uh, the Vesna this year should the Islanders make it to the postseason. But yeah, it still remains to be seen with them. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, I mean, a lot of people had picked them to be better, and it seems like they're just kind of plagued by the same old problems. I'm um, you know, they're a young, a fast, up-tempo team, but they just, they're porous defensively and uh, seem to s- struggle, I think, uh, with whatever scheme Lindy Ruff is running. I, I believe there were fire Lindy chants uh, <laughs> during uh, the, uh, I think it was their, their home opener where uh, they lost 5-2 to two to the tr- Detroit Red Wings despite, I believe, out-shooting them and out-chancing them. But, uh, yeah, the same old problems with the, both Blackwood and Vanacek, and yeah, a lot of that falls on the players. I know Nico Heischer finally made his debut, but he's coming off an injury, so he clearly didn't look uh, the same as he usually does because everyone's saying he's going to be the next uh, big defensive player in the NHL, going to future Selkie winner. But yeah, it's just uh, some of my friends, especially uh, the Gibby uh, frequent uh, guest of this show, is they seem to be running out of patience because every year is supposed to be their year. Um, I mean, if you you want insight, just listen to our friend here on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Neil Vilpiano, host the Devil State of Mind podcast. So I'm sure it's uh, not all sunshine and rainbows right now and trying to dissect what's going on with this team and what's really holding them back. Uh, as a Rangers fan, I could tell you Lindy Ruff might have something to do with it. But, 
you know, there's other problems there. They're just, like I said, they're a young team, and I don't think that their back end is as good as uh, maybe some of their uh, fans would have been led to believe. I mean, no offense to Brendan Smith. I think he's a good player, but I just think, uh, you know, they're players like Dougie, as good as they are offensively, they're not always the most stout and uh, they're not the strongest skaters and they're not the most stout uh, defensively. So uh, we shall see, you know, and same thing with, um, you know, Ryan Graves, who I think was able to, uh, after getting traded to Colorado from the Rangers, was able to, you know, kind of be hidden a little bit on uh, a pretty deep Colorado team, but now he's got to command bigger minutes. And I just don't, I don't think it's uh yeah, it's just not working out so far. So, yeah, Devils off to a rough start. Uh, on the contrary, everyone thought the Philadelphia Flyers were going to be a train wreck under John Tortorella. But surprise, surprise, they, they're they 2-0, I believe. They uh, had, you know, for like I said, they beat the Devils um, in their home opener. And pretty gutsy performance by them. And then I think they have a nice little come-from-behind uh, victory over the Canucks the other day. Um, so yeah, I think they're two and zero in their first two games in the John Tortorella era. And, uh, yeah, again, they, they don't have, you know, they, uh, this is still without Sean Couturier, no idea what his timetable to return is. Um, and same thing with, uh, Ryan Ellis. No one really knows after signing that contract, he still has yet to suit up for the team. So, but you know what, uh, Tortorella has them playing, you know, I still think the metrics, by the count, they're clearly still going to get outchanced and outpossessed. But they're out, the effort's there, and that's the one thing they were lacking. And I mean, he was brought in to overhaul the culture there, so he might not be there, the coach that's going to lead them to the promised land again. But he's definitely, as far as a, getting a coach in there who will kind of change the mentality. I think that's he's a good start because that's what he's doing. He's getting. Uh, you say what you will about John Tortorella, but he seems to know how to get uh, more out of less, if you know what I'm saying. It's just obviously he's got a shelf life like most coaches that are of that ilk. You know what I mean? So, But you know what? Good, good for them. I mean, obviously, if the goal is to ultimately draft Connor Vidard, I guess you don't want to be too good. But that being said, uh, I, as a Ranger fan, I don't, you know, they never really, I don't think they ever really, obviously they sold off players, but it seemed like they were never really trying to tank and they still kind of lucked out getting both Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, I think because being the first place team, yes, gives you the best odds, but they're not that crazy different than some of the other, te- you know, teams that finish whatever fifth or whatever. So it doesn't really, it's not like it's really guaranteeing you much of anything. So you might as well just play how you're going to play and let the results be what they're going to be. Other than that, I don't know about, too many more surprises in the East. I think, um, you know, uh, Buffalo looks good. Looks like they've turned a corner. Same thing kind of with the Detroit Red Wings. Who knows where they'll ultimately end up. They at least look like an improved team. Uh, Washington looks like Father Time has, you know, finally hit them like a freight train. We'll see. Uh, It's hard to see them making the postseason with the way they look so far unless they figure it out, you know. Um, Just... You know, an, an old, an aging team with maybe just not enough depth overall, and just you know, I think their their old players are too old and their young players are too young. Just kind of the, one of those teams. Um, yeah, and that's kind of really it. I mean, Pittsburgh still looks uh, un- amazing and unreal, and probably trying to felt they deserved a better fate than how they lost to the Rangers in the postseason last year. So, 
you know, they re-sign Latang and Malkin. They're going to run it back one more time, and they look motivated, and they have a great coach. So, and they have good they have good players. So, I mean, they can. They're a team that I think is probably going to make the play. They're one of the teams in the Metro that'll make uh, the playoffs. So, if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say probably the Canes, the Rangers, and the Penguins. You know, and not counting any wild card teams, but you'll see. I mean, there's stranger things have happened, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean. And as far as the uh, the West goes, uh, the Golden Knights look real good. I think they're undefeated so far. I think they're three and zero. Jack uh, looks like he's healthy and motivated, and yeah, just uh, they Bruce Cassidy is a good coach, so um, they look like they're again. Just thought they deserved a better fate last year with injuries and just the coaching troubles and COVID and just not getting Eichel and all the injuries add to some of their big guns down the stretch. So. Uh, yeah, they're, they look great. So, um, you know, tr- basically saying like, even though we're unsure about our goaltending situation, you know what, don't worry about, it. we're going to, we're going to outgun it. But, um, yeah, um, LA Kings look a little up and down. Like I said, they, they did beat Minnesota, I believe the other night, which is good, but they also, uh, I thought they looked pretty flat in their losses to, uh, Vegas. Um, and then, uh, uh, the Kraken, but yeah, like I said, they rebounded with uh, that uh, sh- another seven goal shellacking uh, of the Minnesota Wild. Although they they gave up six themselves, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I think they're kind of in a similar spot to where they were last season, where I think everyone thought that they were going to emerge as maybe one of the the uh, you know the cream of the that Pacific Division. I just don't think that'll be the case just yet. But you know, I think they'll have an up and down season. Uh, and anything else? Uh, no, never. I, honestly, every, every other team in the the West, I think, kind of looks more or less the same to me. Obviously, Chicago, uh, as bad as as bad as they are, um, managed to pull out a five to two win over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Sharks, by the way, under head coach David Quinn, former New York Rangers head coach Dave Quinn, are zero uh, and four to start the, start the. Uh, the NHL regular season. And uh, listen, I think most people knew that they were going to be a team that's rebuilding and bad, but they also have some players there. They should be a little bit better than that. But, you know, listen, David Quinn we're talking about here, um, you know, it's, it remains to be seen if he's learned anything from perhaps how he handled things as his tenure as a New York Rangers head coach. Uh, you know, so we shall see. Um, but... Yeah, early returns are not looking great. You think they should at least be able to beat a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, but um, I don't know. We'll see. But they're a team that's in the Bedard Suite stakes, that's for sure. So, yep, Tank Commander David Quinn. All right, I think that's going to do it for this one. I look forward to getting James back for our next podcast and breaking down um, another week of New York Rangers hockey and see, hopefully, uh, we see a return for Sammy Blay. We see Vitaly Kravtsov get healthy to draw back to the lineup, same with Zach Jones. And, yeah, hopefully the Rangers, the way they've started so far has been promising. Hopefully they don't trail off a bit here. And, you know, they have a good slate of games this week, like I had mentioned. Um, you know, Monday they have uh, the Ducks at home, which is a winnable game for them. Um, and then uh, after that, though, they you know, they have – the Sharks, which is also a very winnable game, and the Blue Jackets, which is also a very winnable game. So it's a pretty winnable, pretty slow week for them, too, because they got Monday, then they're back at home against the Sharks on Thursday, so plenty of rest. Then they're home again on Sunday against the Blue Jackets. So 
Uh, you have a nice little home stint coming here. So, and then I think they play the Avalanche at home the following Tuesday. So, after that pretty condensed, they'll have plenty of rest. So, no excuses for some of these easy games. You should hopefully pick up some easy points, but you got to win. You know, the games in front of you because I think their their next real test is obviously the defending champs at home on Tuesday, uh, a week from you know this coming Tuesday. So. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We always appreciate it. It helps uh, bump us up on the ratings page and just, uh, yeah, make sure more people and Rangers fans especially know about this podcast. And again, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And James and I will see you all on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.